to another episode of the No Further Comments Podcast. This is the Basketball Insider Edition. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham, and to my left, to the left. is our intern, Will Sultan. What's up? Who's a senior at Anderson High School, great tennis player, who's recently committed to DePaul with a oh, W. With a W. Greencastle. Going to play tennis. Excited about that? Yeah, I'm pumped. You're in I'm the weight room, getting big. Already big, just getting bigger. Wait, 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 you're already big? No, I'm just getting bigger. You sure? Okay, how yeah. much do you weigh? Like 160. 160? Yeah. What do you plan to get to? Oh, I'm going to be like 175 by, by, let's go, end of summer. It's reasonable. You better start watching uh, The Rock's Instagram and pick <laughs> up some lifting tips from him. All right, I want to jump into some high school hoops right away. Now, you go to Anderson High School, you've been to some Anderson games, yeah. you've seen some other teams play, and we're going to talk about some high school players individually. In the past, we've talked about teams, how teams are doing, the top ten teams in Northern Kentucky, in Ohio, Division One, Two, and Three. We're going to talk about some performers from different schools that are playing extremely well. We're going to start with Moeller High School and Jeremiah Davenport. Now, with Jeremiah, you know, one thing with Moeller, is Jackson Hayes, who's going to Texas, he gets a lot of attention. You know, he's 6'9", he's still growing, and uh, there was a couple times this year where he caught some lob dunks and some dunks off the uh, off a missed shot off the rebound, and everyone tends to focus in on that, but Jeremiah Davenport has been a huge key in Moeller's <coughs> success this year. Um, he's been able to offensively score in a lot of different ways. Uh, this kid is always, always hustling. Like, he doesn't stop from the time he gets in. And I attribute a lot of his success on the basketball court is attributed to the fact that he continues to hustle. You know what they say, when you play any sport, whether it's basketball, football, even tennis, if you constantly hustle, good things are going to happen. Jeremiah Davenport is going to Wright State. Uh, which I think would be a great fit for him. Wright State's doing very well. Yeah. Uh, there's another Moeller kid. Actually, there's two Moeller kids at Wright State currently. Uh, Grant Benzinger, who's uh, he's definitely uh, one of the best players on Wright State's team. Matter of fact, I went to watch Wright State play NKU this year. And uh, let's see, Grant had 31 points. Wow. Yeah, he led both teams in scoring. Uh, the walk-on for Wright State is also from Moeller. So Jeremiah going there and fit in very easily. A lot of the kids that come from Moeller, um, they have a very good understanding of how to play team basketball and, and know the concepts very well. So Jeremiah is averaging about 15 points a game right now. That's a stat that you looked up. Yeah. You were in charge of looking up all the points per game. Yeah. Let's hope you were right. Oh, it should be right. If not, send all your messages to Will Salton. What's your Twitter account? Will Salton. Will Salton. Keep it simple. They, they can send it right, right to you. Complaints right to me. Okay. So, second kid I want to talk about is Nick Diefel from Oak Hills High School. Nick Diefel is a kid. Now, you talked about getting stronger, gaining weight, being prepared for college. Nick Diefel has really done a tremendous job transforming his body. He was pretty skinny his freshman year. Yeah. I'd say he's like maybe as skinny as you. He's probably skinnier than you. Yeah. He's really, <coughs> he's, he's fallen in love with the weight room. And he, and on the court, and I always tell people like, it's one thing to be skilled in basketball, to be able to shoot, you know, wipe the ball, get to the basket, finish. But there's another thing about being strong 
and getting in the weight room and if you let's say well you're you're playing at Anderson High School yeah okay and you're getting ready to play Oak Hills High School and you see this kid that you have to guard and he's buff like yeah. he looks strong yeah you get a visual in your mind right away what, that, yeah that this guy's tough yeah right yeah so Lifting weights plays a part in that. You know, you look at a kid and say, oh, he's tough. Nick looks the part. He's a, he's a West Side kid. A lot of times they say the West Side kids are tough dudes. Makes you mentally tougher, too. Yeah, Even absolutely. Stronger. Absolutely. And that's why you're getting yeah. stronger, right? To add to that mental toughness. Yep. Are you mentally tough on the tennis court? Getting better. Getting better. For the most part, that yeah. weight room will help with that. So uh, Nick Dyfel currently right now is averaging close to about 16 points a game. He's the heart and soul of uh, Oak Hills' basketball team. And they're going to be a dangerous team come uh, March during the playoffs just because their head coach, Mike Price, does such a great job. And it seems to me that this team, this Oak Hills team, really gels well together on the court. There's a lot of continuity going on. That's a large part to do with Coach Price and the culture and the system he has set up. But also uh, has a large part to do with Nick Dyfel, who's a senior leader on that team, and he really sets the tone. Third kid I want to talk about is Jarrett Cox from Lakota East. He's currently averaging about 18 points a game. I recently had a chance to go to Lakota East game versus actually Oak Hills, and Jarrett Cox hit the game-winning layup for them to win. And Jared Cox played a pretty good game. Um, he's played well all season. He's a very athletic kid, can score in a lot of different ways. Um, he can pull up, hit the 15-footer, attack the basket. He loves to catch that ball in transition and finish high. Um, and if you're, if you're sleeping on defense in transition, he'll dunk on you. So uh, Jarrett Cox uh, have, also having a great season. Uh, LaSalle High School. Uh, LaSalle High School hasn't done as well this year as they have in the past. Coach Fleming, their former coach, uh, retired last year. Um, coach Godey is in charge now, and he's trying to get his system and his culture in place. But they have one kid who's having an excellent season, and that's Riley Hobner, averaging about 18 points a game. Now, Riley, different than Nick Dyfel, Riley is extremely skinny. Really? Yes, he is a beanpole. <laughs> he has he has the longest arms. He's just a really really skinny kid. He's wiry, but it works for him. Um, and I would say if he if he probably was stronger, um, you know, lift, and dedicated to the weight room like the last two years, and he was stronger this year, uh, he might be even even better. But even as skinny. As wiry as he is, he's averaging 18 points a game. He's the leader of LaSalle's basketball team. And night in and night out, the opposing team is setting up their defense to stop Riley Hobner. So uh, hats off to Riley for the job he's done in, in leading LaSalle this year. Another kid I want to talk about uh, is a football kid, but a very underrated basketball player, and that's St. X's Chase Wolf. You ever heard of Chase Wolf? Yeah, I heard of him. Okay, star football quarterback for St. Xavier. Uh, he was part of that, uh, if you remember, last year they won the state, state championship yeah, yeah. in football. Remember that? Yeah. And it was Chase and uh, another young man were, were uh, dual quarterbacks. They kind of split time. But the one young man got hurt, Sean Clifford is his name, he got hurt during the season. Chase had to step in, and Chase did an excellent job leading St. X. Yeah. And this year it was, it was Chase's show. Uh, leading the football team, and uh, they did well this year. Uh, they lost, I believe, to Colerain. Yeah. 
and uh, didn't make it to the state championship game. But Chase is a very – everybody looks at Chase and says, that's a football kid. But Chase comes from arguably the greatest sports family in Cincinnati. Really? I will argue with anybody that the Wolf family is the greatest sports family in Cincinnati. If you look through the lineage of, of um, from the grandfather who coached with the Cincinnati Royals yeah. um, in the NBA all the way to um, Chase's father, Steve Wolf, who played at uh, Xavier uh, University. He's now doing broadcasting for CBS uh, basketball. Um, his uncles were tremendous tennis players. His cousins were great basketball players. He has a sister that's a high-level volleyball player. It's just, it's just a tremendous family, yeah. especially athletically. Um, so Chase, naturally, it almost feels like any sport Chase plays, whether it's basketball, football, he could probably pick up a tennis racket and be pretty good because his uncles yeah, yeah. All, uh, all played tennis. You probably will know of his uncles. I'm not sure of, of all the ones that played yeah. tennis, but um, a very big tennis family. Where's he going next year? Who? Uh -oh. Chase? Yeah. He's going to Wisconsin okay. for football. Right. So uh, definitely high-level yeah. quarterback. Uh, but, but on the basketball court, he's, he's a very underrated player. He actually scores the ball um, pretty well. Uh, he can make tough shots. So, and what I mean by that is, you know, it's, it's one thing to catch and shoot when you're wide open and have the space to make shots, but he's able at times to create his own shot, and uh, that's not always easy to do. And also, just naturally him being a quarterback, I think he passes the ball very well. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to uh, St. X, played Roger Bacon earlier in the season, and uh, Chase had some beautiful passes. And I'm just like, well, that's, that's what a quarterback <laughs> does. He actually, in a game earlier this year, I'm not sure who they played, but going into halftime, Chase got a rebound, and he threw. You yeah. saw that? Yeah. He threw it from the opposite free throw line yeah. and made it. Now, it didn't count. Because the yeah, because the time yeah. ran out. I, I text Chase and I was like, man, that was awesome. He's like, too bad it didn't count. I'm like, what? Because I thought it counted. Yeah. I didn't know. I saw it on Twitter, but I didn't have the volume up. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, that should have been on Sports Center. I'm disappointed that Sports Center didn't run something like Wisconsin quarterback. Yeah. Makes you know almost yeah. full court shot. That should that should have been something. But shame on ESPN. <laughs> Moving on to a kid you know, McNick High School senior guard Ryan Reedy. You've known Ryan for a while yeah, and, yeah. and his family. Yeah. Great family. Yeah, yeah. Ryan's having a tremendous season, as is McNick, and he's, and he's leading that charge. He's averaging about 17.4 points a game, according to your research, right? Yeah, I think uh, it's right. Well, hope so. <laughs> That's, that sounds about right. Uh, Ryan's having a tremendous season. I mean, this kid, he's not a – one thing about Ryan is he's not like an overly vocal kid, and he's not a – I need to shoot the ball 25, 30 times a game. But what Ryan is, is he's a kid that leads by example. He will be vocal when he needs to be. And he takes the right shot. He makes the right play. And he's been like that his whole career. And a lot of times people are telling Ryan, you need to be more aggressive. You need to take more shots. You need to talk more. And he's done a better job at that. But being somebody he's not, Sometimes, you know, they tell you to, to be somebody you're not, and that hurts you. And Ryan's just been consistent being who he is. And that is paying dividends right now in his senior year. And he's leading McNick. I believe they only lost one game to Purcell yeah. Marion, right? 
think so. Yeah, so that's the only loss this year, uh, having a great season. But on Friday, they play my alma mater, the Roger Bacon Spartans, at Roger Bacon. And Roger Bacon plays well at home. We're having a down season, but I told Ryan, you're in trouble against my Spartans this Friday. If you're around, we'll go. Okay. All right. I'll go to that. Okay. I'll pick you up. Nick by 20. You, oh, you're, you're, you're predicting yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you, you want to make a bet on this? Yeah, I'll make a bet, any bet. Okay, so let me write this down. You have McNick by 20? McNick by 20. I have Roger Bacon by three. Okay. Okay. And you have to buy me uh, a soft pretzel. And... Come on, you gotta be quick with this, man. Bunny money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just I do. I, got, I, got, I, just I do. I forgot you. about that. So, uh, all right, so we got that bet in place. Yeah, so in next, place. next, uh, next podcast, yep. we're gonna come back to that. Uh, moving along to one of the best scorers in the city. This kid, I believe, is averaging the most points per game of anybody <laughs> in Cincinnati, and that's Woodward High School's Terry Durham. He's averaging about 24 points a game. Uh, this kid is a, and I call him a kid, but he's actually a grown man on the basketball court. I recently had an opportunity to go to Woodward High School and, and watch their practice. And uh, Coach Jarrell Redden gave me an opportunity to speak to the basketball team, and I really enjoyed that. I, I loved giving my message um, and helping keep these kids focused because, you know, being a high school coach, it's not, it's not easy for an entire season to consistently day in and day out motivate your kids at practice because people get tired yeah. of practice right yeah. so anytime you can have a different voice or somebody <coughs> come in it's always great so uh, I got a chance to watch Terry Durham practice um, and I'm when I tell you he, he's he's a dog um, now I know he, he'll probably go to college for football yeah um, I don't think he knows where he's going yet but I'm telling you, the kid could play football and basketball in college. Uh, some of the dunks he had in practice, I thought he was going to break the rim. Uh, he, he, can, he has a soft touch, can shoot the three. And he just, he just bullies people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you watch uh, somebody I compare him to in some regards is Jaron Cumberland. That yeah. plays for UC. Yeah. You know, very similar type of build. Um, I think Terry might be a little bit taller than Jaron just a little bit and it's just you know he bullies people and and Jaron did that in high school as well you know it's tougher to do that at the college level yeah everyone's strong and lifting weights like you'll be doing yeah at DePaul moving along to one of Roger Bacon my high school's rivals Summit Country Day and they have a young man named Xavier Johnson and I had a chance this past Saturday to go watch Summit play they played Taft High School at Taft, and uh, Summit won. I believe they won by three points. And watching Xavier Johnson, he, he's, in my opinion, he's Summit's best player. I'm sure statistically he's their best player. He might be averaging around 12, 13 points a game. Uh, the, the one thing about Xavier is he is so freakishly athletic, and he was doing things on the court that, you know, normal kids – can't do. I mean, you can definitely see he excels on the football yeah. field. I mean, his ability to to jump quick off the floor, 
whether it's rebounds or offensively getting to the basket and how quick he jumps up, just making some tremendous athletic and also very strong moves. And just found out at that game that he's going to Ohio State to play football. That's awesome. And I tell you what, if he goes to Ohio State, buys into uh, their weight program there, uh, I know Urban Meyer's the coach, and uh, I believe Mickey Marotti is the strength coach at Ohio State, yeah. who ironically was my strength coach really? at the University of Cincinnati when I played for the Bearcats. How about that? That's crazy. I owe a lot to Mickey Marotti and what he did for me. Yeah, I weighed about 138 pounds when I was uh, a senior in high school. And you were the same height? Uh, same height. Um, I left the University of Cincinnati, I weighed about 196, about 7% wow. body fat. Now, Mickey wasn't my strength coach the entire time, yeah. but he was there from the beginning. I, I've got a quick story for you. So, my first day at UC, we had to get on the scale. This is before we started even practice yeah. or yeah. doing anything or even lifting weights. We had to uh, basically get on the scale, get our height, weight. Um, blood test, all that stuff. So we're going through that process and Mickey Marotti's weighing everyone during their height. I get on the scale and Mickey Marotti <coughs> looks at the scale and I weigh about 142 pounds and he looks at me and he goes, wow, you, you, you can't play here. And I'm like, what? He goes, <laughs> you weigh 142 pounds. You can't compete at this level at 142 pounds. And it scared, that, that literally scared me. And he says, you need to be in this weight room every day. You need to be. So he kind of laid out, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. And he told me, you're going to leave here at 192. <laughs> I actually left there at 196, 7% body fat. So a lot of uh, my success I attribute to the blueprint and the foundation that he laid on day yeah. one when he kind of ripped into me. So... Uh, Xavier Johnson going into that and being around Mickey Marotti, he's just going to do nothing but excel. I, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if Xavier Johnson didn't do well there at Ohio State. Were you eating a lot? Yes. So <laughs> I'll just say this quickly. Um, I would have to lift weights. Yeah. And after I would lift, they would e either send me to Domino's or Arby's. And Arby's used to have five for five, where you could get five roast beef sandwiches and five french fries. Oh. And I would just get that, and I'd go back and eat as much as I could. Um, Domino's had two for one, where you could get two large pizzas for the price of one. And I would get that. And you would eat all both? Um, I wouldn't eat all of it at once, but I'd eat as much as I could and then come back and eat the rest. But they were just trying to get me to... At that point, I really couldn't get fat because I was so skinny it yeah. was, and I was working out and playing. It was just a matter of I needed to just really get a lot of food in my system. And, uh, and it's funny because, you know, fast forward to today, I don't eat red meat, pork, roast beef, any of that stuff. Pancakes? Um, I'll have pancakes every now and then. I, obviously, good. you had all-you-can-eat pancakes yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I have three ninety-nine. All-you-can-eat pancakes. How many did you have? Total? I only had seven. You had seven buttermilk pancakes? Yeah. Wow. They start you with five, and then they keep bringing them out two by two. But I had four pieces of bacon and sausage. Yuck. Four of each. So after eight, you, you, did you have seven? Seven. Seven. I, did, I was but going you couldn't for, get to eight. I couldn't finish the eighth. Wow. But they brought eight to you? Yeah, they brought me couldn't. two more. I just couldn't do it. Wow. Good Good for you. Well, you need to go back and... I know. I need to keep going back. I, think I might go every Sunday morning now. You should. I mean, and with you, you play so much tennis. You're yeah. young. You yeah. can put that weight on. Yeah. That won't be a thing. Good luck with that, man. Thanks.
Yep. Uh, moving along to another very good basketball player and football player. We've talked about two in a row, Terry Durham at Woodward, uh, Xavier Johnson at Summit, both very good football players. And the third kid is Indian Hills' Colin Shaw. Colin played football, very good football player, but even better basketball player. And I've said this before, uh, not only on this podcast, but on uh, in different venues I've said this. Colin Shaw will leave Indian Hill as the greatest athlete to ever come out of that school. Now, I don't know every athlete that's gone through Indian Hill, but I'm going to tell you what. He, is the most, he has the most points in the history of the school for basketball. I think the next closest person is maybe two, three hundred points behind that. So, and he still has a lot of games to be played. And what he did on the football field statistically was awesome. I mean, this, this kid is a tremendous athlete. He's having a very good basketball season, has 18, uh, averaging 18 points a game. And actually, I went to watch Indian Hill play Madeira earlier this year. And <clears throat> Colin didn't have a great game. I think he had six points that game, Will. Yeah. And that was, I think, only the third time in his high school career Lesson. he's had six points or less. Wow. And But he usually puts up a lot of numbers. Has he been starting since a freshman? I don't know if he's been starting. I don't know that, but yeah. I know he's played a lot since yeah. he's a freshman. Yeah. I've been watching him play for a long time. He's a he's a high energy kid. He's real bouncy um, on both ends of the court. He's better offensively than he is defensively. Yeah. Um, but you know, offensively, man, he's a guy that you have to constantly watch. You, if you even give him a little bit of space, that shot's going up, or he's attacking the basket. Now, I said I was at the Indian Hill Madeira game, and somebody I want to highlight from Madeira, another football player. This will be the fourth football player I've talked about in a row here that's also a very good basketball player, and that's Jack Kravak from Madeira High School, averaging about 12.3 points a game. He recently became a 1,000-point scorer, which um, to me is, is very impressive for a big man. He's a, he's a big guy um, because big guys don't have the ball in their hand a lot. Yeah. A lot of points they're getting are off of rebound, putbacks, um, or just within a half-court set. So very impressive. Hats off to Jack Kravak. And he's going to be playing Division One football. He's going to Purdue. Purdue. You know, so uh, congrats to Jack Kravak. North College Hill, they have a young man named Lorenzo Sparks. I talked earlier about Woodward High School's Terry Durham, averaging about 24 points a game. Lorenzo Sparks is a little bit right behind him, averaging 21 points a game. Um, this kid's super athletic, uh, definitely high-energy kid. And uh, North College Hills head coach, Shannon Miner, he absolutely loves this kid, um, speaks very highly of him, not only as what he does on the court, but also what type of person he is. And that's always great to hear. I mean, all these kids I've talked about are great kids and uh, definitely very coachable, but it's always, it's always cool to hear when you're 21-point scorer and your leader on your team is also a very, yeah. good, very good teammate and very good kid off the court. Uh, speaking of another high scorer, Marymont's Charlie Tripp. And this kid is getting buckets this year, averaging 21 points a game. Um, and I think he might. I think he might be up a little bit from that. Just recently, he had his career high in 36 points, uh, just wow. the other night. Prior to that, he had 32 points in a game. So he's really putting up some great numbers. Uh, Charlie's another another great kid and. In order for Marymount to be successful and win a lot of games, they need they need Charlie to play well. So that covers uh, that's who I wanted to highlight. 
uh, today as far as our Ohio high school players, Division One, Two, and Three. Um, I want to talk a little bit quickly about uh, Kentucky, and I don't want to really jump into players in Kentucky, but I want to talk about two teams that people need to watch in Northern Kentucky because I think these two teams could make a big run come playoff time. One of them is Newport. Yep. Newport right now is 17-5, and five, uh, head coach Rod Snap. Uh, they're led by a couple guys, Mikel Burries, who's going to Pikeville. He's averaging about 23 points a game. He's putting up big-time numbers. He's a smooth, left-handed shooting guard. Um, very quiet kid, very unassuming kid, but can absolutely get it done on the basketball court. Uh, Taj Harding, who's kind of like a Draymond Green type of player. He's a little undersized for his position, but he's a workhorse. He's a strong kid, can step out and shoot threes. I'm sure if, if I told Taj I called him uh, Draymond Green, he'd be happy about that. Um, but I have to tell him that. I've never told him that. Um, and then thirdly, Donnie Miller, uh, point guard. Another kid that's very quiet and unassuming, but um, has a burst of speed and a change of gear that's very, very impressive. And those three kids are uh, very important keys to Newport's success. Now, Newport has a big game tomorrow night on Tuesday versus Cooper High School, who's one of the yeah. top teams in northern Kentucky. I believe they're ranked second behind Cubcap. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting, but watch out for Newport 17-5. and five. Um, If they can beat Cooper at Cooper, I'm going to tell you right now, watch out. I do not want to play Newport in the tournament. My other sleeper team is Walton Verona. I had a chance to watch them versus Campbell County earlier this year. They're 11-3, and three, led by guard Brennan Stanley, who's just dynamic to watch. He's this little guard. He might be 5'6". Uh, tremendous kid, tremendous family, and this kid is the heart and soul of their uh, basketball team. He can penetrate pitch, get to the bucket. And one thing that I was most impressed with Walton Verona was their ability to pass the basketball and look for not the good shot, but the great shot. You hear that? Say that. Not the good shot, but the, but the great, great shot. And that's one thing that sometimes gets lost in high school basketball because a kid goes, oh, I'm open, I should shoot it. Uh, but one thing you learn in college is you learn about percentages. Like, okay, I'm shooting this shot, but percentage-wise, the better shot's going to be to pass it one more time to this guy yeah. where he's at. And you learn those things at the college level. So sometimes high school kids don't know that as well. But Walton Verona obviously has been drilled on that. Brennan is a, not only a great scorer but a great passer. And um, that whole team, I mean, the stability to penetrate, get to the lane, and pass the basketball, which makes them dangerous come playoff time and when you play a team that passes the basketball and makes and puts a lot of pressure on your defense that can wear a team down mm -hmm. uh, Walton just uh, recently went on a went on a big run uh, for their uh, for their season as far as wins they're playing very well so watch out for Walton now we're gonna jump out of our high school basketball talk jump into college we're gonna jump into college we're gonna talk about my alma mater the Cincinnati Bearcats have you been to a Bearcats game this year? You went with me, didn't you? It was a pregame. Okay. Yeah, Have you watched them on TV recently? I've seen a couple of games, not too many. Okay. They're good, though. They've played well this year, 19-2. Uh, mm -hmm. And obviously they had two devastating losses earlier in the year to Xavier in Florida. Yeah. Um, but they've, I believe they've been since. Been a good thing. I, you know what? You, you, you would think that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they've. I think they've corrected some of the things and some of the mistakes they made yeah. against Xavier, against Florida. 
Uh, if we played Xavier in Florida now, if both teams played each other now, I'd be very interested to see how those games would go based on where those three teams are. Uh, currently, the Bearcats are ranked number eight and uh, playing well. Um, gosh, I think we're undefeated at home, uh, which, is, which is always good. I'm not sure what the – I should probably know this. I'm sure Bearcat fans are going to rip me for this, but I'm not even sure what our home winning streak is at this point. I can't remember the last time the Bearcats lost a home game. I should probably know this. I've seen it on Twitter, but I can't remember, which is great because – one thing you want to do in a college basketball season is hold down your home court. You don't want to lose at home because you have tough road games. And you could go play at a UConn or at a Temple and lose because road games are just tough. The travel and, you know, the weather might be bad and you got a lot of kids get sick. All that stuff factored in, you've got to win at home. So what I want to do now is I want to look at the next five games briefly and kind of forecast out my thoughts on how we possibly can do and uh, what we need to do to win. And as I've said before in the podcast, I always break things down into many seasons, right? Man, you're learning so much about basketball. You might end up being like a basketball analyst. analyst yeah. You know that? Yeah. You owe it all to me? What? What? <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. They play Houston on Wednesday. Houston currently right now is 16-4. and four. They recently beat Wichita State, who many consider the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I don't care if Wichita State loses their next two games. They are a very, very dangerous basketball team, and they're going to be tough to beat uh, come March. Now, Houston, back to Houston. They're 4-1 in their last five games. Yeah. The great thing is we play them at our place. Yeah. We're undefeated at home. They're playing some good basketball. I mean, anytime you go and beat Wichita State, I think they lost to Wichita the first time at Wichita. Second time they played, that Houston played Wichita, it was at Houston. I think they won convincingly, right? Yeah, they did. They I think did. they were up they big at half or something like that. So I, I predict Houston's going to be a tough game at home. I think we'll win, but it'll be one of the tougher home games we've had this year. After that, uh, we play UConn this Saturday at UConn. Currently is 11 and 10. They're not playing very well this year. A little bit of drama going on with their head coach and some of their assistants regarding recruiting and um, maybe some violations. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying what I see on yeah. Twitter. So Twitter, everything's yeah. on Twitter, right? Everything. Okay. Uh, UConn is uh, two and three yeah. in their last uh, five games. They beat SMU and Tulane. Now, UConn isn't playing well this year. 11 and 10, they've had a lot of ups and downs, but it's at UConn. And this game worries me. I don't want us to go and beat Houston and be 20 and 2. We've finally reached 20 game, um, 20 wins in a season. We'll probably jump up in the rankings. We'll maybe go from number 8 to number 7 if anybody loses ahead of us. And we think, okay, we're going to go UConn and we're going to you know, we're going to spank them, right? We're going to roll through them. And you take them for granted. So I think that's something where a lot of that comes down to coaching and Mick Mick Cronin's ability to put fear in the Bearcat players' minds that UConn's going to beat you guys. Coach Huggins was great at that, Will. We would go, we'd go on a great winning streak, and then we would go play like the bottom barrel of the league. 
we'd go at Tulane and, and back when I played Tulane wasn't or Southern Miss wasn't yeah. the best team in the league. So let's say let's take Southern Miss for example. We go play at Southern Miss. They might have the worst record in the league, but that is their Super Bowl. So when we arrive yeah. in there, this is the biggest game of yeah. their season, right? Yeah. And they're ready. They're prepared. If you go in there thinking, we're gonna wipe we're gonna wipe these dudes off the court, you know, you got another thing coming. So Coach Huggins would, would put fear in our these guys are gonna beat you and here's how they're gonna beat you. And then we would get angry. And then once we got angry, then he would slowly break it down into, okay, here's how we're gonna win. You've got to do the following things and you've got to do them really, really well. And I don't I just always remember that every away game we had this fear, or any team we played that was in the lower part of the league, we all hugs always build it up as they were way better yeah. than what their record showed. So I'm sure Mick like many other coaches, is going to be doing the same thing as the Bearcats look to play UConn this coming Saturday. Moving on to a team that we've played before, UCF. Uh, we beat UCF last time at UCF, 49-38, mm -hmm. to 38 and was one of the uglier. Lowest scoring first halves. Oh, it was terrible. I think we had 15 <laughs> points at half, yeah. something like that. Um, I don't think anybody's <laughs> using the film from that game to teach <laughs> offensive efficiency. So we're back home. Uh, we played them um, at home, which I, I think we win that game pretty pretty easily. Um, we struggled down there on offense. We just play so much better at home. I, I just see us getting through that game and winning. Then we go play at SMU. So it's kind of like we're home, away, home, away. Yeah. So SMU, like the UConn game, does scare me a little bit. SMU currently is 15 and seven. They're three and two of the last five games. What scares me is, and this is something you did in your research, SMU is 13 and one at home. Yeah. One and four away. Yeah. We beat them last time here at home, 76-56. Actually, that was one of our better games uh, against SMU. So I do worry about that. Like I said, we're going to go to add SMU. And let's just say the Bearcats beat Houston, sneak by UConn, beat UCF. Man, coming in SMU, that is going to be their Super Bowl for <laughs> sure. Uh, we'll be, you know, probably, if we can win those three games, we'll, we'll probably definitely move up in the rankings would, would be my opinion, yeah. depending on how handily we, we win those games. So that SMU, of, of all the, the five games that I'm talking about here, that SMU game probably scares me the most. But I think if we, even if we drop that game, if we lose that game, I'm not overly concerned about that. Yeah. Uh, I believe sometimes you could learn from losing. Yeah. Um, that's one thing Huggins despises is somebody saying you could lose, yeah. you could learn from losing. He can't stand that, that quote. But I, I truly believe that. And if we play SMU, and we, we play them tough, if we, if we compete at a high level, uh, I think there are a lot of things we can take away from that. Uh, then we come back, come back home, and we play Houston. So the, the, the two bookends of the, the five-game mini schedule that I'm talking about, the two bookends are Houston. Houston at home the first game, and then the fifth game, we play Houston at Houston. Yeah, yeah. And once again, that's another game that, that does 
scare me, depending on how we do that first game against them at home, mm -hmm. determines you know how I feel about us playing at Houston and also how we play in the three games in between that after the first one will determine like you know how I feel about that. So I'm thinking of these of these next five games. If if we can get out of that four and one, I definitely would be would be happy. I think we're playing yeah. good enough basketball to leave their four and one. Yeah. And was that of the next five games with us having three away games, there might be just a point where we just don't shoot the ball well or whatever the case is and uh, things happen, man. It's 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 tough. It's tough winning um, conference games on the road. So I think if we leave there four and one, I think we're in good shape. And all this stuff just helps us prepare for March. Yeah. And making that run in uh, the tournament, and hopefully making it to the Final Four. If UC makes it to the Final Four, I'm gonna take you. Okay. I'm kidding. Uh, no, that's the <laughs> bet. We'll make that the bet. <laughs> no, what, the McNick? Yeah, that's the new bet now. So, okay, deal. More. If McNick beats Roger Bacon by 20 in the Bearcats, I'll take you to the Bearcats Final Four game. Yeah. Deal? Deal. It is on. Um, you know, the only other thing I want to say about the Bearcats here is um, <laughs> they've, and, I, and I've harped on this, and I, I, I probably, it's, a, it's just beating a dead horse, it's a broken record is I, I, I want to see better production from our bench. You know, in our last game versus Memphis, uh, we won 62-48 at Memphis. Gary Clark had 18 points, 9 yeah. rebounds. Uh, Evans had 14 points, I believe. Uh, what I liked, though, was Trevor Moore played 26 minutes, um, which and I think he had 8 points. So that's really good. I liked that he was able to get some good minutes. I'm hearing that Trevor Moore is getting a lot of these minutes that I thought other freshmen were going to get, like Keith Williams, he's getting them from his great attitude and hard work and practice. Yeah. And it's good to see Mick reward a player that's doing those things in practice because I honestly think, and this is no offense to Trevor, but I think Keith Williams is probably the better player as far as better suited to step in and play right away. But Trevor Moore has had the better attitude and the better work ethic in practice, yeah. and he's being rewarded for that. Yeah. And that's something that Keith Williams just over time and maturity-wise has to get better at. And he won't be the first Bearcat to come in as a freshman and not understand the attitude and the work ethic you need to have. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's still going to be a great player for the Bearcats, but it's just yeah. going to take some time. Uh, that Memphis game, we had six players that played under 10 minutes and six players that played above 20 minutes. So I'm hoping that of those six guys that played under 10 minutes, we can get some other guys to really step up and give us some great minutes, especially when we go on the road and play three uh, tough conference games. We're going to need the bench to step up because somebody might get in foul trouble. You always get hosed on the road with fouls. Yeah. So that bench is really going to need to step up. So that's my Bearcat report for this podcast. I'm not going to jump into any uh, NBA right now. Kind of wait on a wait until uh, after the All-Star game. And uh, I think this Saturday, Will, I'm going to go check out an NBA game. Pacers? Maybe Pacers 76ers. The process? Trust the process. I'm going to have a full report. Uh, matter of fact, let's do that. Next week I'll have a full report on that game if I'm able to get to that game. We'll call it the process report. The pro I like that. I like that. I knew you had you brought some sort of value to this podcast. <laughs> I've not been able to figure it out. <laughs> but it's there. Right that moment, I just figured it out. And I want to thank you for that, Will. You're welcome. Always want to thank you for your research and what you bring to the table here. Of course. <laughs> That's all you got? Of course.
Yeah. Uh, you're a treat, Will. You are definitely a treat. And we want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the No Further Comments podcast, the Basketball Insider Edition. Insider edition. Remember, they need to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And Will, tell them how they can do that. NFC Podcast, Twitter, NFC Podcast, Instagram. And we need to step it up and get a... Snapchat. Yes. That'll be our next thing. I'll work on that one. Okay, we're going to work on that. It'll just be pictures of me. Just <laughs> pick, like selfies of you <laughs> yeah. on Snapchat? NFC Podcast. Well, we will not be having an NFC uh, Snapchat. <laughs> um, my social media, if you want to get a hold of me, is at Alex underscore Meacham, M-E-A-C-H-A-M. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. But on Snapchat, I'm Big Meach 41. Big Meach 41. Easy, right? Easy to remember. Want to thank everybody for listening to another episode, and we'll be back next week with more high school hoops. We'll be back. More Bearcats. And a little bit of the process. Process. Thank everybody for listening.